You're listening to Ari Goldwag's Parsha Podcast, recorded in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 57-68-2007. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayera. The Parsha begins with the story of Abraham, where he's sitting outside of his tent, waiting for visitors, always in constant vigilance, waiting for some kind of opportunities to do chesed, to do kindness to others. And he was waiting, and it was a very hot day. And three malachim came, three angels came, disguised as men, and they came to give good tidings to Abraham and Sarah to tell them that they were going to have a child. Abraham was, al- was almost 100 years old at the time. Sarah was 90. And they had waited many years and prayed many years for children and no children had come. These angels came to say that finally your prayers had been answered and they gave over these good tidings to Abraham and Sarah. The, so- the joy was so intense. Abraham, when he heard about it in the previous parsha from Hashem, he, j- he laughed He was so joyous. And Sarah too, over here, she laughed with joy. And uh, that was when they were 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old. Later in the parsha, we find that Hashem says to Abraham, says to Avram Avinu, 37 years later, when he was 137, and Sarah was 127, and Yitzchak, Isaac, was already 37 years old. Abraham says, God, you have to go and take your child, your son, Yechidcha, your special son, your unique son, Yitzchak. Take Yitzchak, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. That was God's request, which on the surface seems to be unbelievable, almost impossible, and it was considered one of the ten great tests of Abraham, as we mentioned in last week's Parsha. And we find that Abraham goes with alacrity, the next day he wakes up early in the morning, he takes Yitzchak, he saddles up his donkey, he brings some wood, he brings some fire, all of the articles that he needs to bring in order to sacrifice his son, he brings along with him, he brings two servants, and they travel for three days all the way to Mount Moriah, to the Harabayas, to where the, the future temple would be built. And they go up on top of the mountain, and Isaac is bound upon the altar, and he's ready to shecht his son, he's ready to sacrifice his son, and the Malach comes and says, Wait, stop. You don't have to do it. I see that you're faithful. Now I know that you. And interestingly, when the Malach, the angel says to Abraham, Don't touch your son. He says, Don't touch him. Don't do anything to him. He says this, what seems to be the same thing twice. And Rashi explains that when Avram Avinu was told by the Malach, when he was told by the angel to stop, Avram said, No, wait. I want to just take out a drop of blood. And the Malach says to him, the angel says, No, don't do anything. Now I know that you fear God. And Rashi also says something which on the surface seems to be incredible, unbelievable. Avram asks God a question. He says, God, you said to me, That through Isaac shall you have real seed. Isaac will be the progenitor of the people of Israel. And then afterwards you said, Bring him up as a sacrifice. And now you're telling me, Don't touch him. What's going on? God, what did you mean at the beginning? What did you mean in the middle? What did you mean at the end? That was what Abraham said. And Rashi continues and says that God responded and said, When I originally said, Take him up as a sacrifice, I never said to sacrifice him and kill him. I said, Bring him up as an Ola. Bring him up as a sacrifice. But I never said to actually kill him. And that's why I'm saying to you, that through Isaac will be your seed, it's still true. I just said, bring him up here, and you've brought him up. That's all I wanted you to do was to bring him up. 
That's Rashi. Very enigmatic Rashi, because we need to understand, if it could have been interpreted that way, why did Abraham himself not understand God to mean that? And if it doesn't really mean that, if Halei Husham La'ola, bring him up as a korban, means to actually bring him as a korban and to kill him, then why would God say that, no, that's not what I meant, I didn't really mean to kill him. I heard this question asked by Rabbi Chil Per, my Rosh Hashiva in Farakaway. And he also asked a different question, which really brings out the same point that we see here. The question is as follows. We find that when the Mishkan, the tabernacle was completed, all of the parts of the tabernacle were completed, the Aron, the Holy Ark, the Menorah, the walls of the Mishkan, all of the beautiful covers that went upon the Mishkan, everything was completed. All of the different vessels that went into the Mishkan were completed into the tabernacle. And Rashi says over there, I believe it's Rashi, that the people tried to pick up the Mishkan and and actually complete its building. But they were unable to do so. Subsequently, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses went and he tried himself also to, to pick it up. However, he was unable to. At which point he went and he prayed to God, and he received divine help, and he was able to then pick up the Mishkan, pick up the walls. Now the question here is, were the people of Israel commanded to pick up the, to actually set in place the walls of the Mishkan themselves? Or was Moses commanded to do it? And if the people were commanded to do it, why were they unable to do it? And if Moses was commanded to do it, why was he first unable and then able? What's going on here? So Shiva said that there's a tremendous fundamental yesod, fundamental idea for life that we learn out from this. And that is that sometimes God does not tell us the full commandment. Sometimes God says, make all the parts of the Mishkan. But He doesn't say put it up. Because He wants us to figure that out on our own. And that's the lesson that the Jews understood. They understood that if God commanded us to take all of these pieces and create all these parts, but He didn't say to put it together, it must be that He wants us to put it together. It must be that He wants us to try to, to assemble it and to, and to put it up ourselves. And that's why the people of Israel tried their hardest to put it up, but they were unable to. And the reason was because God wanted a, something special to be reserved for Moses himself. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who had to put it up. Now coming back to Abraham. Let's back up to Abraham. What happened? God said to him, Ha'aleu shom Bring your son Isaac up there as a korban, as a sacrifice. Abraham could have translated those words to just bring him up and that was it. However, Abraham understood that when God says something, when he says bring him up as a sacrifice, true, you could explain it other ways. And there are other ways to understand it. However, the pashtus, the simple explanation of what God said is bring him up and sacrifice him. And to the point, Abraham understood that you have to take it all the way and to the point of even sacrificing your son, even though God didn't say explicitly kill him. But that's Pashtus, that's the simple explanation of what the words mean. Bring him up as a sacrifice. To the point where he was ready to go and sacrifice his son. And not only that, my Rosh Hashiva explained, not only that, but when he actually was about to shechtim, about to slaughter his son, the Malach came and said to him, Do not touch him. And Rashi says, at that point, Avram said, let me take out a drop of blood. At least let me take out a drop of blood. To which the Malach said, Don't do anything. It says it twice. He had to say it twice because Abraham said, let me, let me take out a drop of blood. Why did Abraham say that? 
And the answer is because since he had already decided, he knew in his heart that Halei Yusham bring him up as a sacrifice, means bring him up and sacrifice him, shecht him. At least let me take it to this end, said Abraham. To which the Malach responded, no. The end really was, I really did not mean, I did not want you to actually be Ma'aleu La'oyla. And the truth is, when I said, that Isaac is going to be your child, and he's the one that's going to be the progenitor of, the, of Kal Yisrael, be the forebear of, of Kal Yisrael, the people of Israel, I meant it, and you're not supposed to kill him. This is so, this idea that we have to take what we see, what we learn, what we know that God wants, we can't just take it on the surface level. It's very easy for a person to get caught up in the trap of saying to himself, I'm going to do exactly, exactly what the law says, nothing more, nothing less. But the truth is that God wants the heart. Rachman aliba boy, Hashem wants us to think, not just to do what it says on the surface. On the surface it says, give some tzedakah, give some charity. But that's not only what God wants. Of course God wants us to do that because He wants us to be in the habit of being givers. But there's more to it. It's to create a mindset of giving. God wants us to go to the nth degree, to take all of the mitzvahs to the end, to really understand, not to add on, of course, chas v'shalom, heaven forbid, we're not supposed to add on to the mitzvahs, but we are supposed to understand that every mitzvah, every commandment that God gave us is to bring us to a certain place. We're supposed to try our best to get there, not to just do things on the surface. And every mitzvah is an opportunity for us to come close to God, to attach ourselves to God, and to try to make ourselves more and more like God. Greater givers, greater in our caring for others, greater in our sensitivity towards others. The whole lesson, the whole idea that we learn out from Abraham, says Rabbi Vigdor Miller, everything that we learn out from him is kindness. Every single story that we see about Abraham was just one small example of how he behaved all of his life. But we're supposed to take from him, he was the paragon of chesed, the paragon of kindness. We're supposed to learn, just like Abraham learned from God how to be kind. God, he saw that God was constantly giving. God constantly gives us life. He's constantly providing for us all of our needs, all of our food, parnasa, livelihood. He's constantly providing us with air. He's making our body systems work. Everything works like clockwork. Generally speaking, it's almost always working correctly. And so, so often we take it for granted, but Abraham didn't take anything for granted. He saw that everything in his life, everything, every single solitary thing, he took a breath of air, he looked up and he saw the sun, the sun was shining, and there were things growing, and there was fruit, and there were trees, and he would sit under a tree with a guest, and he would say to him, look at this tree, you know who made this tree? God made this tree, look at this food, you know who made this food? God made this food. And he appreciated that everything that happened is from God. And He's the source of all good and God is the ultimate giver. And he realized that he also had to take part in that, in order to take part in that goodness of God, one has to be a giver. And that's what Abraham saw. And that was part of, of the test in truth of Abraham when he had to sacrifice his son because that's the ultimate taking, taking away someone's soul, taking away his opportunity to, to give. And that was one of the things that God wanted to see from Abraham. Would he be willing and ready to give up his paradigm of giving? Would he be ready to give that up for God and even give that to God? And the answer was yes, and that was the ultimate sacrifice where he was ready to stop, to not be a giver. And that we needed to learn that also, that there are sometimes when the way to give is by not to give. What do I mean? It takes a special sensitivity sometimes to realize that the person that you're ready to give, let's say a present to, is not interested in this present, and it's a greater giving not to give it. We need to be sensitive to other people. We need to see in truth what each person needs. And that's the lesson that we learn from Abraham. That's the lesson that we learn from the Akedah. We learn to take the mitzvah, the commandments to their 
nth degree, all the way to the end, to really try to understand what God expects of us, to really try to emulate God, to really try to emulate Abraham, to try to learn from each of these stories. We learn about Abraham, we learn about Isaac, we learn about Jacob, we learn from each of them different yesodos, different foundational ideas. And, and our goal should be to try to reach down to the depths of what the Torah, what the Holy Torah is trying to communicate to us. And this way we can truly grow in our relationship to Hashem. I thank you for listening. Have a very beautiful Shabbos.